In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Welcome to GirlfriendIt, where Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, founders of GirlfriendIt.com. And grab a girlfriend, come join us. This is a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. And we just have to warn you now, because this show is going to be so riveting. <laughs> if we do say it for ourselves, <laughs> humbly we say that. I, I just want you to know. Well, you know what, here at Girlfriend, that we're about providing a place um, where women can come together and share their voice and share ideas and share our challenges, because who knows better than another woman what we go through and understand us. I thought you were going to say who knows better than us, and that would fit right along with our Yeah, our, our, humble, our humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get off of that thing. Because today we're talking about creativity, oh. and that is a word that so juices up our adrenaline. We love that word. And uh, today our title is Creatively Thinking in a New World. And that could be a little intimidating to some people, that creativity thing, but we hope it will not be um, an intimidating. It will be like something you'll be excited about. Oh, definitely. Because to be creative, you have to contribute something different from what you've done before. And that, that's hard for, for many people to have to get out of that. Change your paradigm. Exactly. Your results need to um, not be original to the world, but... Um, Are you giving us a quote right now? I, Are you trying to paraphrase I'm trying to like I'm trying to pull one out of my head, but apparently I, I can't get the quote all the way. But you know what comes to mind when, I, when I'm thinking of being creative? Goes way back to eighth grade. When oh, right. I'm warning. This is a, this is a disclaimer warning. Here comes a here comes a <laughs> patty a patty childhood story. I think <laughs> it's a pattyism of my my mischievous. Um, is that how you say it? No, mischievous. Mischievous. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was a bad, bad, naughty girl, and I was in my junior high years. Well, I guess it went in through high school, but um, we had an eighth grade teacher who was going. To, we were doing something on etiquette, uh, some home ec class. And she wanted us to come. A class where you really shone in, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. And we had to, we were going to curl our hair and, and do updos and all kinds of things. Well, I, I was such a tomboy. That's the last thing I wanted someone to do was to touch my hair and add hot rollers to it and everything else. So when she was out of the room, uh, the, all, the teacher was out of the room, all the gals in the class, we decided that we weren't going to do this. But it was going to... You know, it had a. But you big, were the ringleader of the we. Well, it had substantial, you know, grade that was going to be, you know, part of this whole thing. So um, we decided that uh, one of the gals was going to bring these stew into class, and we were going to throw it on the table. I would pretend that I was throwing it up, and then all the gal, you know, this is eighth grade, right? And so all the girls there were going to then 
eat the beef stew and really grow. You're kind of making me sick right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so, hey, we're being creative because our backs were against the wall and we did not want to do what the teacher's agenda to get this grade. So we thought this would really, you know, throw for a loop. Which, what took place is the beef stew did arrive. I did throw it up on the table, but everybody stood there or sat there frozen, and no one participated in the eating of the beef stew. So it was just me up chucking beef stew. And um, the teacher freaked out, (laughs) and I had to go into the principal's office. It was borderline where I was going to get suspended. And um, so, anyway, that creativity wasn't necessarily a good thing. But in the long run, here it is years and years and years later, and there was a reunion on Saturday. And it was still that story, but this time there are more and more players in it and more people. It's been embellished. It's so embellished, and now, like, the principal's daughter was a part of it. And so it's just kind of funny how sometimes when you're creative, if if it's really, really creative, it, it leaves does, a mark. It does leave a mark. Okay, well, tell me about the grade. Did you did you get suspended? Did you get a good grade, or what happened? No, I didn't get the grade. That creativity, it didn't. I didn't have a good ending for that particular year, but it had a good ending for a great story and the legacy of. And it's all about uh, a good story. <laughs> it's all. We about will take a good, a good story over a good grade any day. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's easy. Um, to come up with new ideas, the hard part is letting go of what has worked in the past and what we're comfortable with. Um, sometimes we hold on to things that worked two years ago when we think they should still be effective today, and it's hard to let go of those because um, we get in those ruts, yeah. and it's very comfortable, and it's like doing the same old thing over and over again. And we gotta we got to break that, sometimes that thinking, and think, how can I, how can I do something differently? I, I know we have a friend that is really great with decorating, and... Um, she used to always say, um, you know, put me on a budget, which we had no problem doing, yeah. uh, things, because she said, if I have a lot of money, it's easy to decorate with a lot of money because you can just go buy whatever you want. But mm-hmm. if you're on a budget and you have very limited resources, it forces you to be creative in your decorating. And then sometimes your best ideas come out of that. Well, and what if her, just now when you're saying that, it made me think immediately, we did a conference. Um, one time with hundreds and hundreds of people, and we had to decorate a booth. And remember that year she came up with those noodles that you use in the pool, and she put wire inside of them and had them coming out of large vases and made it look like it was phenomenal. It was like like this Wonderland booth with all these bright colors, and, you know, she had flowers that she cut out of, uh, like, fabric fur or faux fur or whatever all over the pool, bright colors that matched the fun noodles. And it just because she was on a budget, so exactly. she had to think differently. And it was, and it it was the talk of the exhibit hall. And, and it just, it, it's, it's amazing because sometimes what we think is really an obstacle, really is an opportunity. Yes, for some of our best best ideas and spots. But at the same time, you have to let go of some other things so you can embrace new things. Exactly, we have to rearrange what we know in order to find out what we do not know. So thinking creatively, um, we have to. I mean, you don't like to think of everything has to be fresh because sometimes the, the norm is good, but sometimes you need to repackage things. You need to repackage, like the, the wedding of, you know, our daughter this weekend. Amy just had some phenomenal ideas just in, in, in being creative, and, and I know this is kind of a, a wave, but it was the first time for me to be able to see where you normally have the unity candles, the lighting yeah. where, you know, mm-hmm. mom and dad come up, and, and this time it was the... Sand, unity sand, unity sand. They call it. It was so cool. Where he, your hubby and Brandon, her new husband, 
and Amy all poured in. They each had their individual colors, the charcoal gray, the turquoise, and the white, and they all at the same time, well, not always at the same time, sometimes one went and the other, but created that um, sand sculpture that they're going to have as a keepsake for the rest of their life to remember that that was a time that they Well, and what's cool together. about it is, is it's a one-of-a-kind. You know, mm-hmm. they created that at that moment, at that time, and it's one-of-a-kind using, you know, the sand, and it was such a great visual. And, and it's interesting because, like you said, um, my daughter Amy, which we say is our daughter because we're so, you know, it's what's one, it was a wee thing. Um, <laughs> and she got married last Friday night, and it was interesting in planning the wedding because we um, – just in talking with, like, the wedding coordinator and stuff, you'd go, okay, do they do this meal thing? And it's like, no, that's not – they don't do that anymore. So even in planning a wedding, things that we used to always see, they don't do anymore. So even through weddings, they're cycling and doing fresh and new things that, you know, you don't do some of the old traditional things. And even doing things traditionally in the wedding, people are wanting to make weddings even more unique yeah. and more personal than doing all the traditions and following them to the and letter. The, and the pendulum will probably – probably swing back because you know how all of a sudden tradition is cool. Like you'll go into these fresh, innovative ways, and then you swing back the pen- pendulum to where you will be kneeling and you will be doing some of that. Yes. So uh, another thing that was really neat is how they did the reception with uh, Chipotle. That was phenomenal. And um, with with Amy and Brandon had a story from that was like their first place that they went to. Yeah, they loved that. And for Halloween, they they came as the sauces, the chipotle sauces. Or burritos. They Were they a burrito? They, they dress up as burritos. When you when you go to Chipotle on Halloween and you dress up like a burrito, they give you free burritos. So they were college students and, um, you know, on a really limited budget. So it's like, okay, we're all for a free burrito and fun. Yeah. yeah, so free and fun at the same time was just like a great combination. And so as a result, they wanted Chipotle to, to cater their wedding, which was, you know, very nontraditional. But we had a blast. And Chipotle people were just fabulous to work with, and they gave everybody a gift card for a free burrito. That way, I know, and you wouldn't even think of that. No, and they gave a, they gave a really special gift bag to um, the bride and groom. So it was just a really, you know, it's really a personal thing and a personal touch. But you know, a few years ago, you wouldn't think to have Chipotle cater your wedding. Yeah, and yet it was it was definitely phenomenal. Yes, yes. Um, you know what? We love to create, and so many times. Um, we create, us personally, um, because of necessity, but sometimes it's just because of boredom. Because we get tired of doing the same old thing over and over again, and we like fresh and innovative. And we don't, I know that you and me, we don't like to get into that maintaining um, zone. Mm, no. It, it, it bores us, our temperaments, and we can drive people crazy around us because we're always wanting to move on to the next thing. And, in fact, when we're working on one thing, we're always thinking about three things ahead of us. Um, and so we just want to pose some questions. Just to um, just to our listeners, and just get you starting to think creatively as you're going into the show with us, and even in your own life, and your maybe it's your business, or maybe it's an organization, or maybe it's your family, or your neighborhood, or just whatever you're involved in. Is there something that you could be, um, you know, kind of rearranging and thinking more creatively to be more effective? Are you going to make me get out of my comfort zone? I might. <laughs> Are you, challenging, are you challenging <laughs> us to do something? I know that is interesting because we need to even become a little bit more tech savvy. Uh, I, I know in a, a lot of our relationships and some of our girlfriends where they don't want to get on Facebook. They uh, have their husbands 
you download know, their pictures. Download their pictures onto the computer. We don't want to do anything new. I know my husband has, you know, I just want to be able to push play when I want to watch a movie. And instead now it's gotten so high tech where... All the um, remotes. Yeah. If you need a degree in remote ology or whatever. Well, I made mine buy that one remote where all I have to do is like, it's almost like picture coded. It's just yeah. play DVD. Yeah. Push it. But we, we do need to step up the plate and get more tech savvy, especially if we're, we're moving into the creativity. And so many women are, once again, having to um, go back to work. So, well, and, and coming up, we have um, a really special guest that we've been so excited to have on with us. It's, it's Barry Judge, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with Best Buy. And I know, like, my kids love Best Buy, love getting gift cards to Best oh, Buy. Yeah. It's such a thing. But women are finding themselves more drawn to that. So... Stay tuned. We're going to go into that zone. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with Barry Judge, Chief Marketing Officer for Best Buy. And um, being the CMO for Best Buy, visionary and leader, we are just ecstatic to have you on this call, Barry. We can... Um, Obviously, just having a couple segments with you won't be long enough, so we were even shortening that commercial, so you could just have to um, let us pick your brain. But first of all, we just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. And second of all, we're going to jump right in and ask you a question. With um, all the things that you're doing and the strategizing with the brand for Best Buy, as women out there that are uh, trying to be creative and uh, many entrepreneurs that are starting their own organization or companies, we're trying to figure out who we are as we market. And so we were just wondering if you had any incredible tips on how you you go about getting that brand and where do you start? Uh, well, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and uh, those kind words. I hope I can live up to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, List was 
so long, I couldn't even go through all the things that you have done with Coca-Cola, Caribou Coffee, which, by the way, we were just in Kansas, and we had some Caribou Coffee, and we were wondering, out of all the things that you did on starting it up, that you couldn't get one here in Arizona. Starbucks is in the way. <laughs> well, we love the Caribou Coffee there, and we thought of you. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, you know, you know, I think any any great uh, uh, business starts with a uh, you know a powerful consumer idea, one that uh, uh, you know really fills a need that uh, people have, and you do it in a way that is um, differentiating and not being done by anybody else. I mean, it, it just it just all starts there. Um, and so, you know, understand understand the consumer you're trying to reach, understand what they need, and understand that you can do it better than anybody else. That's 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 the marketing formula, and that's what it's always been. That's what it always will be. Well, I have to interrupt you on that. Then, with Best Buy, there are so many internet uh, companies that are out there that would be your competition. So, to find something that makes you unique, how were you able to really focus on? Yeah, that? get that tunnel vision to go. Okay, this is our brand. This because you you can really see a difference. Best Buy has stepped up in the last few years. Where well, is, especially with Circuit City going out of business and stuff, and um, Ultimate Electronics. I mean, you do have a lot of competition out there. Yeah, why, why do you think Circuit City went out of business? Because we did we did it better than that. Uh, getting back to what I just said. So um, our, what our, what we try to focus on is um, we're the brand that uh, cares about what you want to do with the technology that we sell. So we um, focus uh, our efforts on on you know we have lots of we have good prices and we have lots of assortment, but our focus is is on providing the best help before, during, and after the sale. And we do that through our website and our call centers. We do that through um, having good help in the store. We do that through Geek Squad. And we think we do that, you know, uh, better than anybody else. Now, what our two primary competitors right now are Walmart, which does a, a great job, but they're really focused. They don't really care what you buy. They're just going to give you a low price. So mm -hmm. we're going to give you a low price, but we, we care what you want to do with the stuff that we're selling. And then Amazon is kind of the... Uh, is a great competitor, and they sort of personify the whole internet. And essentially, they have everything you—they have everything known to mankind, you know, and on their website. Again, they're not really focused on helping you figure out which one of those things you want. So, that, that, to us, that's where our space—that's that's the space that's different um, versus uh, all the competitors out there. We care—we care about what you want to do with the gear. And as you said, over the last five years or so, we've been working on that. And we're not perfect, um, but we're getting better. And you know, and we're not perfect because we're 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 about people as well. So it's re really we do it through through people as a way that um, we help you. Maybe again, you think about the internet, you think about Walmart. The focus is not on people there, uh, and our focus is. Well, and that's a good point because I think it is. We are all about relationships. That it, it, it girlfriended, and the relationships really are everything. And I know that. Um, my husband and I, we, we buy most of our electronics at Best Buy, and we have, you know, the your little special card, whatever, rewards card. Um, and But you're right, when we go in there and, like, buying, like, a, a TV and stuff, it can be overwhelming, like, you know, what makes this different? And we always get great help there. I'm not doing a sales pitch necessarily, but you're right. You guys have done that well where we feel like we get educated and on the product, and um, we don't feel like we're getting a hard sell, and that's why we, we keep going back there. So... I think, you know, when you do put the emphasis on people and, and giving good service and making people feel like it's not just about their money walking in the door, then I think you do, you know, you do see great results from that. 
And, you know, I, I have a question on that. But, first of all, I have to tell you that, um, that that was really cool how Lisa Brown noses you with letting you know she has a reward card. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have, like, I, I guess you would call them, like, ghost writers or something that go in and check to make sure that the customer service is just phenomenal? Because it does seem like as soon as you walk in the door, there was someone there asking you if you need help, which is, is a unique thing. Or a ghost shopper. Are they ghost shoppers? <laughs> They're not writers. <laughs> Ghostwriters. Um, we have a number of different ways that we, uh, you know, track, monitor, understand uh, what our experience is, and we, you know, we do that because we're trying to get better. And you know, some of the more traditional ways is anytime you buy something from us, on the back of the reg- of the receipt is a website you can go to that uh, you fill out. You know, we give you an incentive to go there and you fill out questions and uh, tell us about your experience. Um, we, we do do mystery shopping, which is what the ghostwriter thing is. Mystery shoppers who come in and uh, evaluate more quantitatively what's going on within the store. But I think, you know, really the biggest thing nowadays is there are so many um, other channels um, where you can, if you're listening, um, you can really hear how you're doing. So uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, call center, et cetera, you get a good sense for um, what's going on with your business. Uh, I, in, my, in my, um, my room, my office right now, I'm looking at a computer screen that I've got, uh, that I've got set up that uh, is off, off the side, and I've got um, all the social, big social media sites like Twitter, Facebook, um, Dig, a number of different ones that anytime the word, be- anytime the word Best Buy is mentioned, it, it just scrolls across and tells me what people are saying. So you get, you know, you get a sense for what's going on um, through social media, honestly. And if you just if you listen, you can you can you can understand what's happening with your business. Okay, and that that's another good point. Um, just when you're when you're talking with people that are 35 plus and you're you're doing business with, we just met with someone yesterday that was talking about you know the whole social media is just like a waste of time, and we were going absolutely not. But you can see where they're going. Okay, but how you know by being on Facebook or you know having 7,000 people on Facebook, that's not buying the product. And they're not understanding that it's also a way to market and become aware of what's going on. What would be another reason that you're saying that, you know, the Twitter and Facebook is so significant? Well, you know, I think the, um, so the mental model of the past, um, you know, if you're running a, a store, you know, you're a shopkeeper, you, uh, you know, keep your stores bright and clean, you know, smile when people walk in, the doors are wide open and you're, you know, you're hoping people come in so you can, you can help them figure out what they need. You can answer their questions. Today, you still do that, uh, but in addition to that, there's questions being asked all over the place about technology and entertainment. So um, as an example, what we did, and so the the concept is go out and and be part of the conversations that are happening because they're happening without you. Mm -hmm. So on Twitter, as an example, we launched something we call 12th Force, uh, and the name 12th Force came from 12th means to help on Twitter. And so what we essentially did was, uh, set up a set up a program where our employees could sign up to be members of the 12th Force, and they got a badge, and they had to pass a course. And um, anytime uh, there's a, a question on on you know what LCD, what, should I get LCD or plasma? You know what about this computer or that computer? What about this phone or that phone? Um, members of the 12th Force will answer that answer those questions on Twitter. So those questions they would if they came to us, we'd answer them. Let's go find the question. And so, um, you know, because part of how you build loyalty to your brand is being useful. You know, if you're if you're useful to people, they 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 think more highly of you. 
So we're not asking for any money. We're just trying to be helpful um, for the technology questions that are out there, realizing that at the end of the day, you know, if people move along the purchase funnel, it's going to help us probably because we sell a lot of this stuff ultimately. But we're not trying to get a sale with, with how the 12th force operates. And, you know, as an exa example of how powerful that is, um, we Best Buy won uh, Direct Marketer of the Year last year by the Direct Marketing Association, and we won it for 12th force. Um, you know, it's, it's a very different way of marketing your business, and there's no email, direct mail. It's essentially finding finding people that have problems and trying to help them. I, I, that is a huge tip because what I'm hearing that is you're also building community and loyalty because if you're helping people, they're they're going to go back because you're being useful to them. Yep. Well, and you know, go back to that. that I mean, such an innovative talk. We're talking about create creativity today. So, like coming up with that program, what is the process for you guys? I mean, who, how do you, how do you come up with these new creative ideas and marketing strategies? Uh, you know, we're just, you know, I think one of the one of the, one of the key ways is, is to participate. You know, I, I'm not sure I'm the most uh, socially active person in general uh, from a, from a using using all these um, new ways of communicating, but I realize to be good at marketing going forward. I need to understand them, and, and I need to, to understand them. I need to use them. I can't be reading Forrester and PowerPoint presentations, et cetera. I, I've got to actually be be visibly trying to understand, like, why are there, you know, 250 million people on uh, Facebook? Right. What, what's going on with this thing? And and I think, you know, it's not just me. I got encouraged to do it by a number of people that work um, at Best Buy, and and it co I think it comes from being active, and it comes from some principles like the world is becoming more transparent. Uh, you need to be authentic, which means you need to be real to who you are because people are going to find you out. Mm -hmm. There's conversations happening everywhere, and, you you know, you can choose to be part of them or not part of them. You can choose to listen to them or not listen to them. Um, where, you know, going where people are spending time, um, which which is Facebook and Twitter and Dig and all these other places, uh, there's there's a reason they're spending so much time there, and, and, that, and that gives you a clue that there's something we can do, um, we can do with uh, um, those sites. I also want to say that you know one of our concepts that, that we think we're going to be able to activate this year is um, the idea that um, uh, all of us are much more powerful than any, any one of us. So um, you know within Best Buy we've got 185,000 employees around the world and all the different stores that we've got, and um, you know any one of us doesn't know as much as the 185,000 of us know. And so when you walk into a store and ask an associate a question. Um, they may or may not know the answer to that specific question, um, and that, that leads to some inconsistencies because they just can't know everything about everything. But in our system, somebody does know the answer to that question. So one of the things we're going to roll out this year at some point as we figure out exactly how to do it is uh, equipping our um, blue shirts with uh, either mobile handset devices or pad technologies comes up, and um, everyone will have one, so imagine that. And then you walk in the store, and the person doesn't know the answer, Blusher doesn't know the answer. Um, using voice technology, we can ask the question into our handhelds, and around the world, everybody will see that question pop up, kind of like 12 words. Wow. And uh, somebody then can help that person answer the question. It can be in a totally different country or a totally different city. So that's a way for us to uh, use technology and use social um, thinking to make ourselves much much more helpful to consumers. Okay, that is just amazing. That is, it's a whole different world. You know, we have just 10 seconds here, uh, Barry, but are we allowed to squeeze 10 more minutes out of you? Sure. 
Okay, great. So stay on for after the commercial. We have Barry coming back. Thank you. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Togginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer, inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginat. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after male catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginat. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back, and we are so honored today to have with us Barry Judge, who is the Chief Marketing Officer with Best Buy. And Barry, you have just been saying so much and that we're just still trying to process and download, and I think people are going to have to listen to this um, this broadcast several times to really take it all in. But when we when we left, you were um, you were sharing how you have been educating yourself, like in the social media we're talking about in Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff, and especially for women, you know, thirty five plus that are that are listening to this. Um, so many times that all that is really overwhelming, and as we're talking with women. They don't even, you know, it just, it's too overwhelming where they don't even know how to engage or, or what some of the steps are, and so they tend to not. And, you know, one of our things is, okay, we've got to. You can't just say, I don't understand it and not do anything. And I love the way you've like, okay, I, I'm making myself learn this and surrounding yourself with people who can kind of complete you and help you and creating that community, and that's what we want to do with women. So just, this whole, just all that you were saying was just so significant um, I want to talk a moment, too, about failures because Patty and I, we always kind of say never waste a good failure because we are one of those, like, just want to kind of go for things, and if we fail, we fail, but so many times you'll never find that golden nugget if you don't try something. Um, on this um, thing of failure, can you, is there some, like, good failures you've had that you would, you would share? Or on this topic of failure, does that, does that um, paralyze you, or do you just do you go for it, the risk involved there? Yeah, I mean, I've had lots of failures. Um, I think, uh, you know, the uh, older you get, um, the more opportunity you have to fail. And I think it's taken me a long time to understand that, 
I mean, by being more reflective about things, um, you actually can get a lot, a lot better. And um, you know, I think if you acknowledge that and be vulnerable about that with people, uh, they, they can see it in a different light as well. Uh, personal failures, um, you know, uh, this wasn't a huge failure, but it wasn't as great as I hoped it would be. Which was, we kind of took the twelfth force concept that I just mentioned in the last segment, um, and we this Christmas we. Um, tried to use it as a way to, uh, again, humanize our brand and showcase our people. And we uh, came out with the 12 Force Carolers, and they were singing basically um, songs, uh, Christmas uh, tunes about our products. And um, and um, uh, we thought it was going to be a neat idea and, and showcase uh, kind of the way we the way um, we, we were interested in helping, and it, and it didn't work out well because they couldn't—they were bad singers. Realized <laughs> <laughs> so you need to use professional singers. Uh, so How did you well. know it didn't work out? Yeah. Um, what was your clue? Were people twittering about it? Were they like, "This is a joke"? How did you find out that it? It was. A- you know, it's one of these. Sometimes when you do TV commercials, there's a the idea is good, but then when you bring it to life on film, it just doesn't work. So we knew we knew it wasn't we knew it wasn't working. Uh, when we when we started uh, getting involved, and it wasn't working as well as we hoped it would work, we we did some things to make it better, but it still didn't turn out great. Yeah, we have some great ideas for you, by the way. Oh, yeah, what are they? Do you want to like ask us? So what do you got for me? <laughs> we we very humbly will tell you all of our phenomenal <laughs> ideas on on how to bring Best Buy to the next level. <laughs> great, tell me. Love to hear them. What's that? I love to hear them. Um, well, one of the questions because so many times. The, the our culture focuses on the younger generation and, you know, with movies and, and different things, and especially with technology, but yet the, the older or the more mature are the ones that have the spending money, and especially the females are usually the, the, the buyers. You know, we're the ones that kind of hold on to the checkbook pretty tightly. But what, what are you guys doing to, to focus on educating the females? Is that a part of your, your strategy? Um, well, I think a lot of the things I've talked about um, uh, is, is sort of, I don't, I'm not sure it's designed specifically at females, but it's designed at people that um, don't necessarily know everything about technology. And, um, you know, when I talk about having the best help before, during, and after, when I talk about the fact that we are not are using people and technology to help people get to the answers that they are looking for, um, when I talk about um we're, trying, we're really focusing on what you want to do with the product, not the product, the, the speeds and feeds. I think it's just in general, we're kind of talking about things that um, the less technologically, you know, adept people are interested in. So I think we're indirectly trying to do that. And, our, and actually, our, our business, was, we, we track our business in lots of different ways. Our, our same-store sales, which is a big measure for us, are up more with women than they are with men. Hmm. That, that loyalty... And that familiarity, I think, a lot of times for women. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Well, is there like um, a personal creed or a model that you kind of operate under that just kind of is like a driving force in what you do? Um, you think know, just, cool? uh, I think you got to, you know, to get up every day and, and work as hard as we all work every day, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. You got to want to do, a, um, you know, a great job. That, that, keeps you, that keeps you going. It makes it more than a job. Um, you know, we... We do this thing called Gallup Strength Finders at Best Buy, and so I have a pretty good sense for lots of things about me. And you know, one of them, my, my top strength is I'm very competitive, and my 
second top strength is I'm uh, very focused on achievement. So I think finding jobs uh, in which those things are possible uh, keeps me going. Okay, I love that you're very competitive because I relate to that. Um, how then does that help you when, you, when you're saying you're very competitive? Is, is it, um, are you just going, okay, Walmart, that, that's, who I'm, that's who's in the race with me right now, and that's who we're, we're going to beat? Is that kind of how you go into it, thinking? Well, I think you know, Best Buy, we don't focus on anybody, any individual competitor, but we, we want to do better than any, any, any of the other competitors, so that's, that's one of the focuses. And, and then just the group that I manage, I'm, you know, being very focused on doing good work, those two pieces. Okay, and here's the question. Since we're talking about creativity, and I, so many women, we talk to them, it, it's an overwhelming they'll go, I am not a creative, you know, person. And yet everybody has a part to them that is creative. And, and especially in this economy, you know, we're having to run our, our homes differently and thinking more creatively with, with budgets and just so many different things. But it, it, it applies to all areas of our lives, whether you're in business or an organization or a family. But when you start the creativity process and when you guys are looking at something, can, can you kind of explain, like, how do you get the creative juices going? Do you, do you sit around with a team and you brainstorm? Because I know people are listening and going, I don't even know how to start thinking creatively. Do I look at things I need to eliminate? Do I look at things where I need to do differently? And how do I get those, you know, do you, you know, some people go, I go to a place and I turn on music and I, you know, I just try to, you know, be still and get creative juices. But how, do, how does creativity start, like, even there at Best Buy among teams and stuff? What do you, what would you recommend? Or say to, to people. Well, you know, I'm not. I don't think of, think of myself as incredibly creative. So I, I, you know, I'm not. It's not me. It's, it's trying to create an environment in which people feel like they can be creative, and then working with people <laughs> that are creative. So you know, in, in that, it's encouraging people to um, you know push the envelope and be on the edge. And yeah, I always say, I always say, we, you know, we just do marketing. It's not like it's. Uh, you know, it's not like we're going to change the world with what we're doing. So there, there's not there's not a lot of risk really at the end of the day. Uh, and if we find something, you know, if we push ourselves, we might find something really big. Um, and then you know, we we are fortunate enough to work, be able to work with some great companies around around the globe, you know, in terms of creativity. So on the twelve force idea, the name of it, um, you know, co created but the name and some of the thinking came from an agency called Crispin Porter Bogovsky, and they're you know one of the best agencies in America. Uh, yesterday I was in New York at a meeting with a um, prospective agency that, you know, was, got, was one of the, face, uh, the uh, fast company, you know, top ten innovative companies in America. So part of it is we have a brand people want to work on, and we can, we can, you know, tap into the great creative people around the globe. I realize that's not what everyone can do, but that's what we can do. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, I'm big into context. So um, that's I mentioned earlier about I read a lot and I um, try to – be active in lots of things, so I can. That's that's how I get my my juices going. Okay, so on that thought, what what's a great book right now that you're reading, or that you could give to our listeners to help them out? Uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of his book, but Seth Godin's got a great book right now. It's called Lynchpin. Uh huh. And um, I think a great book that I read a little while ago, but we had the author in the other day, is uh, the book called What Would Google Do? Yes. Uh huh. Jeff Jarvis wrote that book, and he was uh, he was in here at Best Buy a couple of days ago, helping us on some stuff. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, there's you know, my the bent of things. I, I Groundswell is a good book that Charlene Lee wrote. And um, let me think. I think that's about it for me right now. 
Have you have you read is it the Purple Cow? Yeah, Seth Godin wrote that book too. I I think I did read it, but it was but but, but it was a while ago. Yeah, I, I just thought that one was phenomenal. I don't I don't know why, but I I really enjoyed that one. Um, when when you're uh, getting together with ad, you know, creating the ad campaigns, do you, do you ever think that we won't even go that route anymore, where it won't be that type of you know marketing, that it will be more about what's going out on Facebook and Twitter? Or do you think there's always you always need that in the magazine, and you always need the, you know the visual on a on a commercial? No, I think marketing is changing dramatically, and I think uh, in some time here, uh, those things are uh, those things are becoming less and less important. And I think it's more about um, what you do than what you say you're going to do, mm. and um, things like twelve force and participating in conversations and providing a platform for people to do what they want to do. So that's going to be marketing uh, builds relationships in the future. Um, I, I think the days of telling people are over. Yeah, because you really don't have the trust. Like you said, if you can be out there um, giving information and being useful, then you're, you're building the trust, the community, the loyalty. Yeah. And I know just with commercials, I know for me, I don't, I'm not a big TV watcher, but if I ever do, I'm TiVoing it, even when it comes down to American Idol. <laughs> you know, you just, you're not watching those commercials, and you think of how much money that we put into that type of marketing, and yet people are just fast-forwarding. Yeah. Through all of them, and then when I look at a magazine, you're so numb to unless something is just is funny, you really don't yep. capture it in your head of what they're they're advertising. Yeah, and we we so I think as women we go by what other our friends are saying. We because we trust you know if they like it, then we think we'll like it. So it really is word of mouth a lot of times too, and that brand loyalty. If somebody's loyal to it and had a great experience, then we are apt to join in and, and support that too. Well, and, and again, word of mouth can, and, rec- and uh, reviews and recommending to your friends is so much easier today than it was in the past. That's, that's again where Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff comes into play. Other people advocating on behalf of your brand is really where the future is. Okay, we have like one minute left, Barry, and we have so appreciated your time because we know that it, it, you're so limited with that. So if there's something you would love um, our, our listeners to know about Best Buy, what is something you would, you would leave us with? Um, I think that, you know, we, um, we recognize that uh, what we sell is hard to understand and, and uh, can be scary and, and intimidating to people and that uh, we're doing all the things that we can possibly do in our heads to um, be re- very focused on what you want to do with the products, what your dreams are, with technolo- what your dreams are in general and how technology can help and that we try to get better every day, and but we don't always do it right. But uh, give us the feedback, and we'll do it better the next day. That sounds great. And, and we, we will haunt you, by the way, and stalk you and probably call your assistant with all of our phenomenal ideas that we have for you that you need to bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Barry. Have a great week. We so appreciate what you did today. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it. 
Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Togedown, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion-savvy, and earth-friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. And we are back. We want to thank Barry Judge again for being a part of our show as we are creatively thinking in a new world. And now we have our special guest, Mary Wolf Francis, and she's the business liaison um, for Phoenix. She's going to give us a little bit more about what she does and how she can help um, women today as we are trying to be creative and, and, like we mentioned earlier, getting back into the workforce because many of the men are losing their jobs, and we are having to think creatively. So, Mary, thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Thanks, Patty. Happy to be here. Uh, I was actually hired under the stimulus funds, under the ERA funds uh, by the city of Phoenix to help put people back to work back in July of 2009. So uh, I, I came from the Arizona Technology Council, so I have a huge passion for technology and have actually brought that passion into the, to the workforce. Every state across the country has received these funds, ERA funds or stimulus funds, to be able to assist in doing what we also, what the federal funds do normally, and that's to help people to get retooled and retrained to go back to work. Um, but we're having to do it more quickly and more effectively in this environment because we know that people really need to get back to work quickly. And I, and I have, I'm actually living the dream myself 
in trying to readjust my finances and my husband's uh, because he was laid off. So I bring a passion for technology and I bring a passion to, for women in their, uh, in their search for getting hired in this economy. Wow. And, and Mary, how long has your husband been out of a job? Since August of 2008. Oh, we wow. Went a year without income. Wow. And have you noticed as you are doing this that it, that it, it is the females that are coming through? Or are you seeing just as many male and females that are um, from, from your lens going back to work? Right. We actually uh, see a lot of men who are in that baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. They've been at a company for 20 years or more. They were the primary breadwinners of their family. Uh, they are. They find themselves out of work without having built up those skills about how to build a resume and market yourself and brand yourself out in the workforce. So it's not that the majority of the people that we're seeing are men, because we do have a, a, a we have a lot of people in our system, but the, there's a strong component or an unusual component, if you will, of highly educated, highly skilled men in the, from the baby boomer generation that are completely um, at, at a loss in this environment about how to get hired. Hey, Mary, this is Lisa, and we're just so thrilled to have you. And I love your passion even coming through your voice. When you're, um, you're talking about this, you know what's interesting is like, I'm talking about some of these men that they were at high levels in their jobs, and they were used to having people around them that handled a lot of the technical things. And so they're finding themselves in the workforce having to learn this for themselves. And even women, they're talking about, you know, the, the technical age. And so many women, you know, we, um, they haven't engaged or forced themselves to learn some of these things, and they're being forced to learn that. And it is intimidating to them. How do you, how do you kind of get them started? Well, when I came on board with the city of Phoenix, we had a number. We talked. We actually, I have a wonderful uh, supervisor who said, you know, talk about anything that's not illegal. Let's open the door and be totally out of the box about how we approach this. And again, because of my passion for IT, I said, you know, we shouldn't ever let anybody come through our system without walking out with technology skills. And this doesn't mean people who are welders necessarily, meaning that although they will get the technical skills, I'm talking about executives that had people who were doing all of this work for them who now have to retool themselves to be able to be more independent, not only in their job search, but in their next career. So we actually made a commitment to, to put aside $100,000 for technology upgrades or technical skills upgrades for people coming through our system. So we assess them on their computer skills and we provide them with training dollars to go out and upgrade their, their computer skills. And we absolutely uh, get from industry intelligence across the board. I don't care if you're a welder. Um, I don't care if you're in the construction industry. Everybody needs to have the technology skills to be able to do basic things like Word, email, Excel, uh, you know, you need to be on the Internet and know how to maneuver through the Internet. And that, is, and that isn't just people, you know, looking for a job, but that's everybody in general, right? We all need to have those basic this skills. This is surviving life. You need to have those skills. Yeah. Exactly. There's no getting away with not, you know, saying I'm just afraid of the computer. I don't know how to click a mouse. Go get yourself the training to be able to do that because you never know. And I think in this new environment, um, that whole dual income is going to become a necessity because you'll never know who's the next one to get laid off. Well, and it's real complicated because I, I know I have some friends who definitely shy away from, you know, even doing email because they're still in that mode of, you know, I'll just call them. That's so silly. I, I don't like email. I don't like that there's no emotion in it. You know, there's just so many things that, that they'll use as, as an excuse. And yet I have some other friends that are going back to school and trying to learn some, um, you know, computer skills. But it's complicated because depending on what job you're going into, you can learn those computer skills. I mean, if you have 
None. If you're working just off of, you know, a vacuum, I guess it's good to go and get some of that. But for the most part, you kind of get um, into an organization and there's just a specific task that you have to do. So it's, it's almost best to get the job and then learn. Or, or do you think, no, you need to go and, and get some schooling first? No, I actually believe everybody should have basic computer skills that I mentioned, email, Word, Excel, just basic skills on the Internet use, basic computer literacy skills, because every work environment is using that. So while even on the job, the actual tools that they use may vary, and you may need to upgrade those skills in accordance with what you're doing. For example, you may need QuickBooks training or QuickBooks Pro if you're doing bookkeeping. I mean, there's those kinds of specific skills that are, that are for specific uh, occupations. But everybody, for example, the email. So I, I, back, I was working as a teacher. That's my background is in the education industry um, for a school that was housed right behind the Intel plant in Chandler, Arizona. And they, um, we, they were very collaborative in their training, and, uh, and we, we, we worked really closely together. We were the first school, probably across the state actually, that went exclusively to email as the communication tool within the school because they recognized that putting all those papers in the boxes was just, a, killing trees, and B, not very efficient. So, you know, I was involved in education, and who would have guessed that you have to have high-tech skills to be in the education arena? But yeah. that's, in fact, the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. And, you know, um, the, the last few radio conversations, we've been talking about, um, you know, social networking as well as just figuring out uh, just different Things on the computer because we do have a tendency to, to fear it for some reason. I mean, especially people won't even, they won't give credit card information because they think they're going to get scammed or just all kinds of excuses that we have. But I noticed um, even Barry Judge today talked about the, the social media and social networking, which is really interesting because once again, we have a tendency to go, I don't have time for that. And that's just silly, like the whole Twitter you know, who has time to find out, you know, so-and-so opened up the fridge and got some fudge out. You know, we have a tendency to kind of poo-poo it rather than use it um, for marketing reasons and just um, making ourselves useful with information. So do you have any tips on that as well? I do, and, and, I, and I agree with you to a certain extent. It is a little scary because the, the Internet is out there. You know, we have people who are afraid to put their face on, put a picture of themselves on their LinkedIn page or their Facebook page. You know, they want to be anonymous. On Twitter, they use a picture of something, you know, other than their, their own face. You know, we under, I understand that the, the danger of that, and, and it's real, you know, in terms of, especially for children, by the way. We should never let our kids, you know, put their face or any personal information. In fact, even on the LinkedIn pages, we, we really don't encourage people to put any personal information on their LinkedIn page. But it's a huge opportunity, and face it, ladies, we're really good at multitasking, and this environment is one of the best environments for multitasking. So if you're on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, you can have all of those up in that dashboard environment, you know, in your Twitter and everything. You can have all of that in front of you at the same time so you can watch and interact more effectively. These are, we, we encourage, especially our job seekers, we encourage people to network online or social networking about 20% of the time and 80% face-to-face. We still need to get out. You still need to talk to people. You need to shake hands. You need to be part of your social network um, that we enjoy, you know, the, the mom's groups and the, and the ladies' night out and whatever, th- those kinds of environments. That's key to not only our social success but our professional success because those are the networks 
that if you do find yourself in the job search mode, that are probably going to be your best friends in helping you get hired. So so really only 20% of your networking time should be spent online, but you should definitely have a LinkedIn page for your professional environment, Facebook for your personal environment. And the rule of the road there, everybody, is that the Facebook environment, even though it's your personal environment to share your family and your pictures and, and you think it's really private, um, it really, you really you need to make sure it is professional in that you're not showing pictures that are unprofessional of you with your friends drinking margaritas or whatever. It's, try to keep it as, as clean as possible. Well, speaking of clean, I was a little taken back with um, on Facebook all of a sudden it was you were supposed to put what color bra you had on there. And it's like that, we really need to think that through. Everybody was putting that in their status, and it's, it's, they weren't saying what it was, but come on, you know. I, I, and I think sometimes the younger generation, they're just not getting it. It's just kind of, you know, fun. But some of that, you're right. We have to look at it on and a professional. Yeah, you, you know. But I do think that even in the corporate world, what used to be taboo of, okay, do not spend time at work on Facebook and do not, you know, I better not catch that you're just always Twittering, where you wouldn't even be able to have your phone in meetings. But now it's kind of like everything's game, where they're seeing it as it is a way to to be up on, you know, current events, and um, they're, they're actually promoting it more so in the workforce. Uh, and that's true in most places, but I still think there are a lot of companies and organizations right now, and certainly in government agencies such as the one or government uh, entities such as the one I work for because I work for the city, they really try to uh, to curb that a little bit. For example, we're not allowed, the city of Phoenix employees are not allowed to be on Twitter or Facebook through blocked within our system. Oh, wow. I know. And and we actually, uh, the four of us that were hired as business liaisons for the city under the ERA funds, we were allowed to open up Twitter. On, we're the only ones that have access to it at the city because it's such a strong job search tool. And we argue that that's something we have to have access to during the day because jobs crop up and will close within an hour on Twitter. And if we don't have access to that, we're not going to be able to help our, our, our customers get hired. Um, so it is it's becoming more pervasive. I, we always joke around that you can always tell how well you're doing in a presentation by how many people are doing the BlackBerry prayer uh, that is holding their blackberries and yes, yes. right. But Mary, we are gonna okay. This, we need to cap you back because we only have like twenty seconds left. Um, and this has been so in, informational that you've given us all this stuff. Um, we want to just encourage women to go to girlfriendit.com and Mary, join us there. And women, just share ideas and let's get let's keep going and keep brainstorming um, some challenges you're facing, ideas, and let's. Let's come together as a community and just uh, and help each other think more creatively. Thank you for joining us, Mary. Thanks for having me. And thank you just uh, to everyone out there. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 